And then what will happen is I'm no doubt, you know, as we come out of lockdown and we get back into some sort of, especially the summer months, people go, oh, it's fine. And they'll chill. They'll go out for a walk. And those decisions they made, and this is an important message for everybody, decisions they made when things were tough, suddenly stop making those decisions. Mm. When in fact, they need to be consistently making those decisions and not be driven by external circumstances. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you are listening to The Cicado Show with Dr. Rowe and Harms. Cicado means to seek turning points. And on this show, where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today, the mission is to provide you with what you need in order to create a turning point in your life now. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to create these shows is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you will have gained at least one insight which you can take away and apply directly into your life. Practical tools, voices that come from both generations, younger generation with tips and tools, older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience. So you can help unlock your true potential to give you the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level. To give you a chance to impact both your life and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. We welcome you to The Cicado Show. Before we jump into the show, let me just tell you a little bit about becoming a Cicado supporter now. If you love what we do on the show, have gained transformational insights and positive outcomes or any small shifts which have allowed you to create turning points in your life, then please head to cicado.com and become a supporter of the show now. By supporting the show, we can continue to expand by getting you better quality production, spending more time deep diving important topics and creating more exclusive supporter perks as well as getting great guests on. And by the way, as a thank you for becoming a supporter and depending on which supporter tier you select at cicado.com, these perks range from my weekly recipe for success emails through to audios and video courses from my 23 steps to success, which includes online modules on how to find your life balance, gaining confidence, improving your time management, making successful career transitions, understanding financial independence, creating a life purpose, understanding and how to manage your money, becoming a money master, understanding negotiation techniques, learning to communicate more effectively, and so much more. So don't delay. It takes less than two minutes and you can become a Cicado supporter, helping to expand the show and get special perks as a thank you. Become a supporter now at cicado.com. Let's get back to the show. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Cicado Show. We are well and truly into 2021. However, it feels like we're still stuck in 2020. Now, it may feel that way because nothing seems to have changed in the outside world. And myself and Ro have been speaking and what we've done in our personal business lives, family lives, is we've reflected back on, reviewed 2020. But what we haven't had the opportunity to do is do that with you, the listeners. So. I've asked Ro to jump on today to talk about what was 2020 in our view, in our eyes. And we can touch upon 
the success of the podcast as well and the support of the listeners and how that's grown over the year as well. But we really want to give you a picture of what 2020 was, but also now look forward ahead into 2021. And if you've been a part of the podcast during 2020, you will know that it's all about aspiration. It's all about looking forward. It's all about being able to react in a manageable way. And if you listen to the recent podcast on how do we react, how do we respond to a situation, you'll know that that's very much the space that we come from. So Ro, over to you to almost open up what what you think about 2020 from your observations from your feeling because this has been a year like none other (laughs) hi everybody and welcome to the show and again thank you for taking the time to join us Uh, i love that opening we're we're like 20 days in we're well and truly into 2021 it's flown by actually the first three weeks it's just absolutely smashed through and i think it's a good time to reflect back We're, we're, we're close enough we're still hanging on to some of those memories of 2020 and i think it's very easy to rush through into a year isn't it and not take some learnings from it. So what what have we seen that's happened? I mean, I'll just throw some words out. Maybe we can just discuss it. I want this to be, for us, a more of a fireside chat. I think shock is a good word that describes last year. Yes. Shock, just a reaction to several things that happened actually last year, not just obviously COVID being the obvious one. There was political things. There was activism. There was a lot going on in the world, which definitely shocked everybody to their core. But the shock it's interesting where you mentioned that word because how long can somebody stay in a state of shock right in a in a 365 days period yeah i uh, mean before something else happens to them this is a good point we you know we built as human beings to either run away from something to just shut down and to freeze in fact the sequence is to freeze first then to run and then mm. to fight mm. back and i do think and that typically is a momentary thing So our bodies biologically have this ability to do something quickly to survive. And then there's this cortisone rush, there's this adrenal rush, but then there's a period where we need to kind of recuperate and rest. That's why if somebody goes into shock, they then literally shut down, they sleep, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But we haven't had a chance to do that. I mean, as a culture, as a a country, as a global community, all right, yes, there's certain parts of the world right now that are more relaxed. So I got a friend, a message from a friend of mine in New Zealand saying, come spend some time with us. You know, it's more relaxed down here. Yeah. But then if I look at Australia last year, they had the fires or the year before they yes. had the fires for a long period. And then they had the shock of that. But I think people are still in a state of shock, which mm. is why we're seeing a lot of health issues, mental health issues. People are still running on a, a level of adrenaline and stress and tension that we're just not biologically designed to cope with, not on that consistent, regular basis. That's my gut feeling. So for those who felt that shock and then came out of that shock state, what kind of words can we put around? What happens next to somebody? What have we seen happens next after that freeze, that shock moment, the deer in the headlights? What kind of feelings occur next? Well, I think out of the shock, so so if we rewind back last year, the, the, the three or four big ones was COVID, yep. the new US elections, which played out a lot globally, didn't it? Well, it's, yeah, and it's still playing out. Yeah. Mm. And then the Black Lives Movement, which has always been in the background. Uh, it's a very powerful experience for people that are wanting to make changes, but was triggered by some terrible events last year, yes. which I think all of us were moved by. And 
and I think the combination of those things all at the same time really left the world in a state of shock. Mm. I still don't think it's left. But typically when you get that shock, which is COVID, I think, let's talk about COVID for a minute. There's that initial fear, but then the confusion kicks in. So now the dust has settled. Okay, this is happening. What the hell, how do we deal with this? And that's where I think people go into it. It's like, what do I do next? What's my, how do I deal with this situation? And they're trying to make sense of it. And I think we saw a lot of that, didn't we? And, and the, the making sense of it was going online. We'll maybe talk about this a little bit later on. Searching for, sure. searching for answers. And what I think happened very quickly, is most people, when they go into shock, they reach out and lean on the people around them mm-hmm. to give them the support. Well, we couldn't do that because we were all isolated. We were all isolated. We, we had to stay separate from people we loved, people we cared about. You mentioned the word confusion there. Confusion to me, when we look internally within our business, within our family life, confusion always happens when there's a lack of or poor communication going on. Now, I feel like a large part of the confusion stems from the fact that there was such poor communication coming from higher levels, different bodies, different authorities, different government bodies, etc. And this is not criticism of them in the sense that they are also in that shock. They are also feeling exactly what we're mm. feeling as a public. And they had to step up to try their best to manage the situation. So it's not a criticism of them, but it is an interesting insight to how poor communication can lead to confusion on a mass scale. Oh, massive. And, and the thing is, wherever there's a space in any form of communication, then we create our own communication. In other words, we either make assumptions, we form pictures in our minds, stories, we stories we pull back on old belief systems or as happened other people fill that space so this is where the the different positions on it i was going to use the word conspiratorial because even that's a dangerous thing for me to say because the reality is there were people out there with genuine i mean we've interviewed some amazing yes. people this year with genuine facts about the situation with covid etc but of course however people perceive that somebody might say how do we know it's a real fact is it conspiratorial so mm-hmm. the minute the, there was a lack of communication from, say, the government bodies, I think what happened is that space got filled by other stories that people were creating. Whether they were true or not, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's human nature then to latch on to something you kind yeah. of relate to. You've got a belief system associated with. Bearing in mind communication is one of the challenges that came out. My feeling from that was you've mentioned there's a level of creating your own form of communication and fundamentally what this shook to the core is people's trust in expertise authority and you know myself and yourself have observed this for many years in the area of wealth in the area of a plan b in the area of actually you don't have to simply get a job Mm. go to university go to university get a job then retire like that doesn't have to be your plan we know that we work with hundreds and thousands of people in the space of creating their own financial independence and wealth. So we know when it comes to not necessarily trusting authority, but saying there are other ways to do things. Yeah, but I think that what happened last year was that people's trust in that got broken. Got broken. And I think when you've got, I mean, as we had in the British government, mm-hmm. uh, messages changing week by week. Yes. One minute it's safe. Oh no, actually no, it's not safe. And so people are like, what the heck's going you, on? You here? will have Christmas. No, you won't have Christmas. Right. It, it, it fundamentally yeah. breaks trust. And for, uh, just talked into space of, how does trust play out in relationships? Because that would give the listeners an idea of when the trust is broken, how hard is it oh, to well, repair? Once it's broken, it's, it takes months, if not years, if ever it gets repaired. Ever, I, mean, right. I think there's certain things that have been said and done in the media, certainly by uh, government announcements over this last year that will 
leave people with a question mark for years to come. Yeah. I think that anyone that trust didn't trust it initially, it was just magnified. Mm. People that were maybe, let's just say, oblivious to it have even raised questions. Some yeah. of the people that are least interested in politics have started raising questions this last year. That said, you know, there's going to be a point when we go back to normality, whatever mm-hmm. that's going to look like. And then when people get out to travel a bit and have their pleasures and go on holiday, and then they're suddenly lying on a beach somewhere, a lot of these things ebb into the past. And we do forget, you know, there's that classic case, lest we forget. I think things do happen and we go, I'm never going to forget that. But actually we do. And that's even relationships. And then a pattern happens again later on. I go, why did I stay in this relationship? You did that before. So I think, you know, if you're looking on a global level, government level, that I think we've got to be mindful of how we manage our lives. If, if anything else, this year has taught people we have to really take back control uh, in a massive way. Yes. And I think that's a big message to get across because the thing is, once you've accepted that the norm, which is what happened, people started out of the shop came this like, okay, well, this is how it is. We can cycle here. We can't walk here. We can go to a park. We can't go to a park. Mm-hmm. And what can we do? Well, we've got a house and we've got TV here. So there was a kind of a shift where people started looking through the internet and through movies. I mean, things like Netflix and some of these, uh, was it Pro- Amazon Prime? Well, if you take Netflix, if you take Netflix, their revenue in the early part of the year increased by 15 million within a month. Oh my God. There was a, there's a broad number there. So their subscribers <laughs> went through the roof. Yeah. In the same year, there was multiple other video streaming, movie streaming That's sites. Right. Yeah. Netflix recently increased its prices knowing it's got a whole bunch of new users. So there's a lot of, I guess when it comes to business, some people are naturally going to benefit in in what's happening in the world, but a lot of other people maybe didn't benefit or or are still suffering. True. And you said, take back control. What can, and this is a free-flowing conversation, what is one of the first things somebody can do to take back control? Can we we move that just aside a minute? Because I think whilst you're talking about that, because my gut feeling is that there's a few things that we might maybe just tie this story to. Because I like that. So let's 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 just hold that thought for a minute. Because yes. I like that. But let's just go back to what happened. So people then went from shock to confusion to looking out for answers to going maybe I haven't got much control right now. Hmm. So then went inside and started what well, internet, which I think we should talk about today as well, uh, TV, and then there was kind of a new norm evolving, wasn't there? Where the masks were on and very quickly we talked we talked about this. People were distancing. And some people got quite reactive. You got shouted at, I think, on the street when you went out with your baby at one point, didn't you? So Even though it's socially distant. So something <laughs> I genuinely struggled with was I was used to, you know, when people walk past each other on the street, you smile, you nod. And what I've done in the last couple of years, as the listeners know, is I lived up north for a while. Yeah. I traveled up north from a busy London world where people just don't have the time to even look at you. Never mind, stop, smile, say, how are you doing? Whereas I went up north and I started to get accustomed to this way that somebody would stop whilst you're having a walk, you would talk, you'd ask how the family's doing. Then we moved down just below London and the same feeling exists here. Yeah. All of a sudden, people who are used to staying connected, being good neighbors, yeah. showing love and affection to their, the neighbor, suddenly it stopped. They would cross the road, they would avoid eye contact, they would dodge you. They, it's almost like by looking at someone that was also an issue, uh, you, let's put it this way. You can't spread the virus by looking at someone, yeah. but that was the feeling is like naturally somebody's taking I it to the extreme. It was confusion as well. Mixed yeah. messages. It's not to say everybody did that, but I think if where there was a, a partial connection with somebody, definitely that 
sort of severed. Yes. Even close friendships, I think people were a little bit more cautious. There was, I think, two groups of people forming. There was those that were a bit more relaxed and, and possibly more emotionally developed around how this is, sh- and, that, and those that conform and followed a set of rules. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing, talk about younger generation, older generation, we should talk into that space right now. I was seeing a lot older generation people, my mum's age, yes, more vulnerable. And of course, the message coming out was if you're vulnerable, you've got to be really careful. And yet there's people I know that were in their 70s and 80s who've got very good immune systems, looked after their health and were out and about and weren't knocked by it at all. And this is the challenge we've got, of course, is that not everyone's going to fall into that. Yeah. But it left, I think the older generation, my mum's generation grew up following rules, you know, during the, during the, the war years, the ration years, they literally followed a set of rules. And I think we saw that again this time around, didn't we? We talked about this during the year, how they were literally standing in distances away from each other they do you remember we were we were standing in a town i think it was early lockdown and we were socially distanced and you were getting into your car Mm. and there was an elderly couple got upset because we were on the pavement yes uh, and it just threw them off completely it just threw them off It, it, it became such a big issue that somebody else was socially distancing but the very fact that somebody was out yeah it was on the path on the path and crossed over in the end. It, I think what we're trying to say is but you were trying to put a baby into a car of course and this is this so is that, everyday that, life exactly um but what I think this story is a small isolated incident but this is happening everywhere now imagine this happening all across the country yeah people having these kind of negative feelings towards others yeah. I think this is something I struggled with when it was uh well the word is trust they, they, yes. the thing is they don't trust it's not they don't trust that person what they've been told is x y and z and so there's an automatic assumption. So if you if we shift the limelight or the magnifying glass to the younger generation, what what I saw was where my generation hasn't grown up following rules. We're the complete opposite. We're, we're, we're rebellious, <laughs> but also we question authority yes, because right. yeah, yeah, yeah. because ultimately countries like the UK, countries like USA, country, certain countries in the, in Europe have grown in stature and established in different areas of even economics in terms of culture because people challenge authority Mm. and that's the whole point of having a a voting system a democratic system in the sense that we say actually what's the truth behind that actually what because we just don't follow blindly with the amount of information we have at our fingertips we are able to ask the question and I think what my generation did was ask the question and either we didn't get the answer yeah. We didn't want to accept the answer. Or didn't like the answer. Or didn't like the answer. Yeah. So there was part who then followed rules. Partly people yeah. stayed apathetic, confused. I best just ride this out. I'll just watch Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever it is. Yeah. And then there was the others who who went out their way to say, actually, this is this is not the truth or whatever it is. But this has formed one because of a mm. challenge against authority, a, a mistrust, who so, do we trust? So this is where yeah. you, know, you talk about what happened. We're still mm. reflecting on that before we go into another area. I know you mm. asked a question about what can people do. We'll come back to that. But also came through this was lots of loud voices. Mm. So, f- uh, and those of you listening, you might relate to this. Factions happening even within families. Yes. One person, one group of people with one view about, well, hold on a minute. You know, what if these facts aren't correct? Are there really this number of deaths? Are people really getting ill? And there's another group of people saying, no, absolutely, everything is factually correct. Whatever we get given and told yes. is factually correct. And the truth is, both extremes are probably not correct. And there's somewhere in the middle, somewhere is the, the truth. Middle. 
And but people can't accept that because the minute you get questioned on a belief, you push back against that. So for even families were getting into conflict. So I think what you've beliefs. touched upon, Roe, is a really insightful point, which is this element of a polarized conversation, as it's often described, has been developing year on year, year on year. The conversation's got more polarized and more polarized, more and even more extreme, and people getting further away from each other. I think 2020 defined the year where can it even get even more polarized? polarized yeah, yeah, it is so extreme. The conversation happening north to south, east to west, left to right, however you want to describe it. But very few people are having that conversation in between, which again, I think fundamentally comes down to communication. Um, well, and, and, and at high levels, so you look at the American government yeah. and then let's not go into it, but some of the messages were coming right from the top there were frightening. Yeah. You know, people talking about uh, drinking, cleaning fluids and stuff yeah, like you, that. You know, I mean, crazy stuff. The point being that at that level, you have to be so careful what is said because mm. people take things literally. Yes. But particularly those that are leaning on a need to have someone tell them what to do, who can't be autonomous, who can't think on their own feet, who can't, it's not that they're stupid, but they just don't necessarily have to research or have just grown up in a culture where I do what I'm told. And when we recently had an interview with Rob Verkirk and Mel Aldridge, the biggest outcome from that was yeah. we have to individually risk assess things. Yes, yes. And yes. to just add a bullet point to what you just described there is yeah, good point. being able to risk assess. If somebody is there on the other side of the street putting their baby in the car, well, you're as a person, you just assess, okay, do I want to go close to that people? If the answer is no, we'll cross the road. Yeah. It's nothing to do with them. There's no need to outwardly project your feelings on them. Yeah, yeah. You've never met them before. Yeah. So I think being able to risk assess and coming from an engineering background, we had to risk assess all the time on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, somebody, if somebody phones you up and they've got a challenge and in that moment, you have to make a risk assessment, yeah. whether it's due to safety, whether it's due to efficiency, whether it's due to finance, you have to make a risk assessment. Where it became difficult with COVID is with engineering. And I know this from my background, you, you knew what the parameters were to risk assess, Very but true. holy shit. <laughs> I mean, we were thrown left, right and center. Yeah. Two meters, one meter. Don't do this. Don't touch that. Uh, because nobody really knew. Uh, it, it's a virus. It does what viruses do. It works its way through a community, a, a, a tribe, a culture. And history has shown that we build our immunity ultimately by getting these things. And then there will be an attrition rate. I mean, it's scary. It just happens so quickly. It just so that confusion, yeah. that, that risk assessment, we couldn't even make that. Because so, what parameters do we work to? Because in our country, it's two meters, but another country, right. because we get the information now, it's 1.25 meters. Yeah. Another country is a half a meter. Is that, what is, yeah. and then then we start to get this confusion. Because, and then of course you have people walking into shops with masks, without masks, and then shopkeepers going, you can't be in here, but actually yeah. there's a common law that says, no, you can. And it's just, you know, there's all this confusion. So much confusion. And and then we go into lockdown three. So, so and this is what, I mean, we'll, we'll elaborate in a minute, but what happened was this kind of new norm formed, didn't it? And everyone was just getting used to a little bit of say, sane behavior and interaction. And, and now you can have six people in the house. Now you can, and then suddenly, boom, in the UK, we go down to a lockdown three. Hmm. And similar behavior patterns are happening again. So I've noticed it, and we'll talk about this in a minute, just from an education perspective, but people seem to reach out. It's the, the reaction between pleasure and pain. Are you driven by pain or pleasure? And every time there's a lockdown, I've seen a pattern now that people suddenly change what they want to do. They go, shit, I need to do something. And then they start, like we've had more in, more intake on events to do with real estate investing, more people interested in finding out about personal development, communication, because they're realizing they want to do something different. Yep. And then what will happen is I'm no doubt 
you know, as we come out of lockdown and we get back into some sort of, especially the summer months, people go, oh, it's fine. And they'll chill. They'll go out for a walk. And those decisions they made, and this is an important message for everybody, decisions they made when things were tough, suddenly stop making those decisions. Mm. When in fact, they need to be consistently making those decisions and not be driven by external circumstances. I think that's a really big eye-opening concept for people to grasp for anyone listening to this think about how you reacted this year and how much was spent on as you said there you know whether it's netflix education books bicycles the bike industry went through the freaking roof mm. in this country and actually they still haven't caught up because everyone went oh let's go cycling and get fit now i bet you there'll be hundreds of if not thousands of bikes parked so now's the time to get a bike bargain yeah. second, <laughs> second. No, but really yeah, and it's a reactive type of behavior yes. so i think that's something we've also seen this year uh, not to be negative, but to say it's human nature when we're faced with a challenge to go, I, I, I need to change my life. Hmm. But the question is, will that stay consistent or is that just a fight, a freeze type behavior as opposed to a fight consistently and, and go off and do something different? I think it's a great observation because if we was to ask the question, how, what's the difference be- between the person who reacts with apathy, fear, shock, puts their head in the ground versus somebody who takes the opportunity in front of them, adapts and takes that chance to learn, takes that chance to double down on their business, take that time to pivot in their business or whatever they're doing in their personal life, look for a new job, yeah. um, whatever their scenario is. The, the personally, from my observation is the big difference is the people who adapt, the people who react and respond appropriately to a situation have develop themselves personally they spent time working yeah. on themselves yeah whatever field that is in they've just got more emotional tools they've got more emotional more tools. Resource, resourceful more resilient and because of that they got this level of almost emotional maturity as you described in the past yeah. because what i think something we miss is we all have the same brain so when it comes to feeling fear nobody can feel more fear than somebody else yeah when it comes to feeling worry or anxiety, nobody can feel more worry or anxiety than somebody else. The brain is the same. Yeah, yeah. Biologically, the brain yeah. is the same. So when we look at the prime minister or president having to make a big decision for the country, they're going to feel a level of stress and worry. Yeah. But that's no different to the level of stress or worry I feel about, oh, am I going to lose my job? Yeah. It's the same. But the difference is they can manage that yeah. better because they work themselves, they develop themselves. So I think if there's a big insight for this, we are still in lockdown three. Yeah. So if, if there in was this country anyway, in this country anyway, yeah. if, there, if there was a message, it was pivot and start yeah. spending time working on yourself ASAP. That's yeah. just what something I want I to think, share. I mean, what that, that let's, let's bring all that to the back end of this. For sure. Let, let's, let's, let's see if we can talk and just reflect and then say what things that people can be doing now if, if mm. they're looking for solutions. But I, I agree with you that it, it's our personal development that's really going to carry us through these next four, five, six years. And I know it always, it always has done. Yeah. And it always has done through difficult times. But this is a global difficult time. This is not like the recession of 2008. This is the recession of 2008, which was coming anyway, plus a multiple factor of COVID, yeah. plus government disorientation at the moment and a lot of unrest. Look at the energy and the, and the vibe that's been happening in America. There's a lot of pent up ang- anger. Um, I think we've still got a way to go before we, we work our way through that. I think so. And unless we start to have a different um, understanding of humanity and how we behave and interact with each other and how we can manage and get out of our heads as well, because people are still very much from a business perspective, you know, they're sort of like very heady about things. Mm. We have to start to connect with people because that's what people need right now, connection. If you think about it, that's the one thing. We're Maslow's hierarchy of needs, basic need is 
belonging and con- con- connecting. Yeah. So if there was globally one thing everybody needs right now, it's that. And that's why so many youngsters, I mean, that interview we just did recently was really profound with Kim McCabe. Yeah. Yeah. So many youngsters are struggling with what's happened. And fundamentally, we're missing, like you said, certain human needs, connection being a massive one. Yeah. And if we don't get that, what we're saying is we'll find that somewhere else. Yeah. We'll find connection via watching shows. Exactly. Getting false uh, dopamine hits. Uh, you know, that's what we're looking for. Or consumed by box sets after consumed box sets. by box sets of- because the next episode is going to give me that same hit. Yeah. Whereas we don't have that opportunity to get that organic hit, that natural hit yeah. via human connection. And it's not a criticism here because look, we, you and I have sat and watched movies. I think it's how you control it. It's saying, right, mm. I'm going to switch off and enjoy this, but it doesn't become obsessive and addictive process. Well, we get out for a walk, get some fresh air, walk barefoot on a cold, wet, rainy day, connect back with the earth. You know, we went out for a walk the other day, you and I saying socially distance and it was, um, you know, whenever it was, it was a while back now, but I still remember that walk because the sun was out. Mm. We just said, let's grab the moment. Now we could have both sat down and watched a movie or we could have recorded another podcast or anything like that, but it was just a, a choice to connect. Around where we live, and you know this as well, is lots of families go out and they walk in the countryside. And there's definitely, certainly in this community, a greater sense of calmness. There isn't that kind of stressed vibrational frequency that I've seen in other places. So we leave, I guess, this almost introduction part of this podcast with a, a big question, which is, well, you highlighted the question, which is, what are you going to do? Mm. What, what is somebody, and you've, you've spoken about this before, I just wanted to underline it for the listeners. What are you going to do when this is over as well? What are you going to do now? When you, what are you going to do when it's over? What are you going to do if this continues? Because we've got to decide, we've got to make those decisions Yeah. versus just, I guess, Bearing your head in the sand, yeah. doing nothing, staying apathetic, apathetic. Which I hate to say, it, there are people going to do that for the next six months. Well, there it's, are. It's a good point. They're because, just going, you know what, let's just sit it out. Because, Surely lockdown can't last for another six months. So let's just hang it out. For and- sure. That, what they will do is they'll plant a future date. Uh, well, the prime minister said this will be over right. by Easter. Yeah. Okay. Well, now Easter's the new date. But I've heard that all via, all through 2020. Yeah. I've heard this. Oh, it's going to be done by summer. Okay. It's going to be done by. So we, we can't be focusing on that. Otherwise, we'll be waiting for a, a date that doesn't exist. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a date somebody's made up. And I'll be interested to see, because this question is really powerful, what are you going to do? Well, very soon you're going to be sharing with a uh, private audience and giving them the opportunity to learn a skill which is going to transform their mm. 2021, 2022 and onwards. It will enable them to almost manage what we've been speaking about, how to yeah. communicate with impact. And yeah. the listeners know that, Rose, the founder of Communicating with Impact. So when somebody is given the opportunity to do something like this, it'll be so fascinating to see what people do. Do yeah. people take the opportunity exactly. and adapt and learn a skill which is going to help them in jobs, careers, yeah. business, negotiation, it is, it selling, is everything, you name Fundamentally it. the foundation now. Look how badly communication has come from above. Mm. Companies struggling to communicate internally, families not being able to communicate it's just coming to the surface. For sure. It's becoming really clear now that that is an area that people have to work on moving ahead. And I'll be fascinated to see if people don't. Mm. And we'll never know why they don't, but it always does fascinate me why somebody wouldn't want to absorb the number one skill, which is going to set you apart for the year to come. So well, great things we're taking it online. So it doesn't matter where they're listening from and attending, they can watch it wherever Absolutely. they are, which is great. Which actually links to business as a whole, because I'm talking about communication as, as a way to help your business this year, but let's look back on last year. Yeah, good question. How, how have how you observed business. businesses? Because we are in big 
businesses, we have our own businesses, we are surrounded just because of the people we're associated with. Yeah. They are operating big businesses and we've seen lots of different things happen. I think the, the big words that come out for me from last year is some businesses sunk and others pivoted. I mean, a pivot is a, is, a, is a word I think has found its way onto the scene in the last few years. I don't know if it's a millennial word. UK, uh, from my age group, back, pivot was never a word that was kind of brought to the surface. I, I think that's because you guys never had to pivot. <laughs> That's true. It was we a, were like stuck with our keel and we just like kept going in one direction. The job was for life and, <laughs> and the big companies were for life. Touche. That's a good one, actually. That's brilliant. No, but Harms is right. I think that, you know, for those of you listening in my age group, the only pivot that really came when somebody goes, fuck, I've just lost my job. I mean, that was the pivoting moment for most people when yeah. I grew up. I was like, people, you see people, they've lost their job. I need to change direction. The word pivot didn't even come. It was like, I've got to find another job. In fact, that was a desperate thing. I've got to find another job. It's like coming from a place of fear. So this is down to what you've just been talking about, which is how do we react to a situation? Actually, let's talk about business and jobs. People that have lost their jobs, is it an opportunity to change? Is it a turning point? Is it a chance to go and start a new career? Maybe. This whole thing about I have to find another job is driven by a need for security, Mm. which is putting money in the bank account, not being able to pay, which is what you talked about, this fear that comes in. But what about, okay, so I want to create a new direction, could be a new language. So that, you said, what can people do? One of the things they can do immediately, immediately is start to change the language and the way they perceive a situation. We talked about this with yes. previously, is how do I see the situation differently? And I think some people in careers have realized they've got skills and tools they can take to the market, selling, but that comes down to communication. Mm-hmm. They want to create something, but that's also communication. They want to write a book communication they want to create a, a podcast that's communication think about it yeah they want to um they, they want to set up a consultancy business and do coaching okay so how do you get your customers you've got to communicate so that's a fundamental underlying area from a business perspective i think some businesses just drowned they couldn't cope with the change quick enough they couldn't adapt quick enough others pivoted and said how can i take my business and i think online has become a big shift for so many businesses yes you know we were involved with a business that absolutely was people it was like events it was zero percent online yeah it was zero percent online don't go face to face with your client meet them talk to them engage with them whether it's 100 people 10,000 people and that collapsed and we saw a lot of event related businesses collapse last year or pivot online Mm. which i think has made a big difference for for the ones that have been adaptable so off the back of that road there has been some great changes when it comes to business because you've mentioned being able to pivot online leveraging technology that's been there for a long time it's also put pressure on the super smart people behind the technological scenes to up their game and provide us with technology which better serves us yeah and in addition to that we've been able to learn how to connect and you may say you may challenge this connect better on camera people feel more comfortable communicating via video We've got the concept of a whole generation, and this is again me, me talking into your into your generation space. Have actually learned, and this could be an amazing learning. <laughs> yeah. How to use this technology, which has always been around that is us. True. So you, I think you, your generation, have got were used to this already. We just grew up with it. So as well, like, intuitive. What? You mean I've got to talk to somebody on a camera, and, I, and they've got to see me yeah. on a screen? I, can't I just go and meet them face to face and shake their hand? And from a business perspective, what we're saying is. There's senior management, high level directors, board members who would insist on needing to travel four or five hours or two hours for a face-to-face meeting, whereas suddenly entire companies and corporations have changed and said, 
actually we can do this remotely. Yeah. We can be more productive. We can save you that travel. Yeah. And we can get the same impact. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So what do you think? Let's have a think about what the blocks were previously. The blocks would have been number one, the technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, because people see stuff on TV, there's a perception that how am I going to look on camera? And we know this from the CWI work we've done. You know, For those of you listening, when we run the communications program, we get people to experiment with the cameras, don't we? So yeah. that with their phone cameras and just looking at how they look and how to position themselves. And for a lot of people, even just doing that, taking their phone, the good thing is people got more used to selfies while the younger generation, not so much the old, older yeah. generation. So I think that's been another block. Also, the old traditional belief that you have to physically meet somebody to be able to get a sense of who they are. But actually you can now with camera technology and being close to the camera, you can really get a sense of a person just through a lens. Um, so, so a tip there would be uh, ask the other person to switch their camera. On. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that was another thing. Some it? people hide. I've been in meetings true, true. and people are hiding yeah. behind, everybody's got their camera on, but somebody's hiding behind the, yeah. the, the cover or whatever. They haven't got their video on. Yeah. So you can't get a sense of them. Um, so that's a missing key. So it's a tip there, I think. Yeah, and that again, we haven't talked about it before. It might be worth another podcast. Is there are sort of eight different personalities in business and in wealth, and if you are a, a front-facing person, that's great. S- but if you're a left-facing person, away from the crowd, what might be classified as a, a sort of a lord or somebody that's more systemized, you don't want to be on a camera. Mm-mm. But technology's forced that now. We have a meeting. I don't really want to come and do that. Yeah, but you're going to have to show your face now. And and actually, if you think about a Zoom meeting when somebody's not showing their face, there is that little question mark of, so what are they hiding? It's not that you're thinking that, but why can't everyone be in the meeting present face-to-face? So there's that going on at the moment as well Mm. in some situations. So I think you're right. I I think the... I was used to it because of the field that I'm in, but a lot of people, I mean, okay, so in our business of property, solicitors now signing and doing paperwork and they'd never used to do that. They, they, they said, they said no property, way. They said camera, here's witnessing your signature. Mm-hmm. There was something in law before. It was like, I know we have to see you. And maybe it was them giving themselves worth, I don't know, value to be able to go up there and charge the fees they were charging. But now it can be done on camera. So a lot of changes in, in, in many businesses. And I think they're forced positive changes. And that's my opinion around, I agree. The, around the changes. Uh, but but the flip side to that is you can't go online on holiday. You know, if you want to get to Australia, if you want to get to a hot, the, the Bahamas or go to the Maldives, you can't just sit there and look at the camera with the kids and say, we're on holiday. Yeah. No, Dad, we're not. We're in the house <laughs> pissing it down with rain here. So industries like that have really been hit. The food industry, the restaurant industry have somehow, I mean, there's a few around our way that have managed to hang on, but others have struggled. Again, it comes down to the word pivot. They, they pivoted to takeaways immediately. Yes. Uh, they jumped on applications. They leveraged tech to get to their customers. Correct. Yeah. Uh, again, their bottom line will have been affected. Yeah. Their, the customer, I think when it comes to business, there's so many nuances. So for example, if I was a, a loyal customer to a local coffee shop and every day as part of my commute, I would get a coffee from there. And that's a part of my behavioral behavior now, part of my habit. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden I can't do that. So the coffee shop has lost years of loyalty with customers. Yeah. Their behaviors have changed. So when that shop does open, how many people are going to sh- reshift their behavior and go and purchase a coffee? I think it changes. Yeah. So businesses are affected on a deeper level, especially longstanding businesses. So I guess our message is, yes, you can pivot, but what we're not saying is you haven't suffered. You haven't um, faced challenges, which are out of your control, ultimately. If you've got to close shops, board up, yeah. what can you do? People are not f- allowed to physically go to your shop and you sell things in a certain way. Uh, say, for example, 
you got a trampoline center. We've got a climbing center near us. Yeah. The climbing center physically has to be shut. Exactly. We can't climb online. No, no. So that's exactly. Certainly- and I think where the big online businesses have thrived, the small community businesses have struggled. And mm. that's been really sad to see. Maybe family businesses that have been around for decades, if yeah. not longer, yeah. generations, have just come to their knees. Mm. And it's been really challenging. Uh, and yet other businesses that have grown because they can go online. I mean, the funny thing is, Whereas somebody would have been worried about the suit and how they show up. Now you've got people with the kids running around in the background. Yes, yes. If you phone up, like I was phoning up the phone company the other day and it says, uh, please be aware that our employees are working from home. So you may get the sound of kids in the background, dogs in the background. <laughs> that's because of the current circumstances. And actually people are like, that's fine. It's real. I think what's become interesting is now people are more raw on camera. They're more real on camera. They're not dressing up in the same way they used to. So they're more casual. And actually in their home environment, they're more relaxed, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. That is interesting because it's almost like the expectation has changed then yeah. of what we expect a a customer service or, or, or a customer facing person to show up like. Yeah. And the fact that we as a society have an empathy for them, which says, it's okay. We know you used to work in an office and you had to show up a certain way. And now you're yeah. at home with the kids wearing a suit and tie and turning up and sitting in your uh, lounge is is tough. Yeah, so yeah, we, right. we we get it. And we're okay with but that. But that, that realism has changed mm. even customer service, which I've noticed over. It's, there isn't that same clunky, edgy, mechanical feeling, whereas people are just real. They're at home and we're all facing the same foe to some extent. So that has brought the community together in that respect. It's just how that foe is perceived, I think, which is a challenge. Yeah, and that's the whole thing with social media, isn't it? Well, you're talking about perception. Now, how... Social media has changed people's perception in 2020. Okay, so let's switch direction now. We'll switch switch direction. Let's talk about social media. We're talking about social media because yes, it's a, it's a, social media is a part of business, but actually, social media now is well accepted that it completely changes the fabric of our culture, our society. It can change the fabric of the way we think on masses. If you're not sure what I mean, 2020 has been a very interesting year for the exposure. Mm. of how social media companies operate. Yeah, true. And, and the reason they've been exposed is because we've had Brexit, we've had the presidential elections, we've had a lot of false news, we've had yeah. a lot of propaganda, we've got a lot of uh, absurd amount of ad spend going on with certain messages. And Can on- we point people to a couple of documentaries they might want to watch or not? So, so yeah, for sure. I mean, just, just to give them an idea of... I think if, if you, anyone's ignorant to this, it's, it's certainly worth looking. Especially you've got kids, by the way, it's certainly worth being aware of because we we spoke, we had an episode on social media, so do deep dive that. Agreed. Yeah. I think documentaries wise, there was the Great Hack, yeah, which has now become a movement, and they're going to you know governments to say how do we manage social media, which is changing the fabric of. And that's for anyone interested. That's really about how political elections are manipulated through very specific social media targeting of groups. And it's been proven it happened. And some people are being taken to accountability on this now, mm. but quite shocking. I mean, we were aware of it, but to see the depth of it was, you know, it was fascinating. And the next documentary I recommend social, is The Social yeah, Dilemma, yeah. which talks about the social dilemma. One is i.e. social media, but how that's changing the real life social dilemma yeah. and the fabric of, I've mentioned culture, society, how it can incrementally change a mass perception right. or a mass idea or a mass story, even by one or two percent, yeah, and that completely changes the outcome for a country. Completely, change. and it's it's a uh, frightening, but we need to be aware of it so we can use this for platform. Me and better. you now, as a parent, as well, it was just seeing how 
I know you can separate it to adults' behavior and child, and you might say we all operate differently, mm. but not if you're constantly bombarded with subliminal and subtle messages that are coming to you. And I think that that is something that really came, you're right, came to the surface last year. People started to go, I'm beginning to realize this is going on. Mm. But of course, we're in lockdown, so they're leaning on their digital uh, media and they're leaning on the computers. So whereas maybe under different circumstances, we might have said, right, screw it, I'm going to do less of this. Actually, there was more of it. There was more people on social media. There's more, more people on social media. Because yeah. they were needing to connect. How do we connect? We can't go and talk to people. Let's go through social media. So it was a real wrestling match last year between the knowledge that, shit, some of this is really screwed up and we're being manipulated versus, but I need this to connect with my family. Absolutely. So I think by the very fact that you make yourself aware of how these mechanisms work gives you a better chance of protecting yourself against that manipulation, against that propaganda is, is another word being used in these documentaries against messaging that is tailored for you. Let's put it that way. They're so sophisticated. They can tailor the message for you. Um, and ultimately what they're doing is they want to keep you on their platform so that they can continue to yeah. drive ad spend from their yeah. main customers, which is businesses. So, but I mean, let, let's take another slight look at social media in a different way. I think social media last year, because of COVID was used, used in some amazing ways. People yes. were able to create new brands there was more authenticity, I think, coming to the table. There was less of this really blingy type social media posting, but more real, this is what life's about. People coming out with, I think, more emotionally developed messages as well. Yeah. I think we saw a massive increase in that. Podcasts coming to the surface where people were going out and trying to get something out there to inspire. It, it definitely became a place for inspirationally evolved people to want to get a strong message out there without necessarily being driven by an ego. Mm. And I'd say not everybody, but there was more of it. I, I, I agree. And I think if you understand and how to use social media and you can manage that use properly, there was a lot of inspirational thought leaders out there which were helping guide from a mindset, personal development set, from a taking care of yourself from a health perspective. There was a lot of people out there doing good, trying to take care of the community, uh, some for profit, some for not profit. And that's, that's irrelevant in the point of they were out there trying to take care of whatever people are feeling right now in the world. So I think there was pros and cons. If and there was the fun side. So, you know, there were certain apps and things that were people were doing that were funny videos. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think... There was a period, certainly, and it's still going on, where there's the sharing of comedic videos going around. So that little bit of humor that comes in through your phone, have you seen this video? Have you seen yes. that? We all needed that. We all needed that little bit of up every now and again. Yeah. So I think that brought a, a great thing to the table. A, a, a lift of spirits. Yeah. Because we've got to re this is the thing, right? We have to remember to keep laughing. Exactly. If we can't <laughs> laugh at ourselves and sometimes the situation around us, all we've got is darkness. And mm. you can't focus on darkness because darkness alone has its opposite. You've got to give the universe a balance between light and dark. If you're going to look at the problems and the things that are tough in your life, you should also look at the great things that are in your life as well and be grateful for those as opposed to just focusing on one thing. I think like we're, like we're doing now, we're talking about the dark side of social media. Right. But we're also talking about how amazing it is yeah. because nothing is like we've described, nothing is that polarized. Nothing no. is perfect <laughs> and nothing is the worst thing ever. Yeah. It's, it's always something in between. And, and, we just and actually people that. that want to go to those extremes are usually driven by some need to be significant, feel important, have a statement. Their life feels maybe worthless or they don't have enough going on sense of purpose. So they create that by either going into a powerless victim mode or being aggressive and, and trying to put a message out there to sort of get a reaction. At least people will listen to me. Mm. And that's interesting. If anybody's listening to this, be mindful of that. This is human psychology coming in now. If you're around 
people on are noticing people that are like that, often it's driven by an absolute desperate need to be seen. Because if they're loud enough and they take one extreme, if I go in the middle and maybe find an, an in-between conversation where we can have a sensible dialogue, that doesn't make me feel important. But yeah. if I go to the extremes, I can really get some attention. Absolutely. So I think that's a good insight. Now, bearing in mind, we've spoken about the good, the bad of last year. How would you say, including social media, including business, including personal, when, when I say business is well, I mean jobs, careers, you know, people yeah. have faced that. How have people dealt with this? frustration mm. uh, add to that the fact that children's mm. schools are closed right. so, so yeah, kids yeah, are yeah, home yeah, yeah, yeah. from a personal level i've had a fascinating year where we we on one side we had the most amazing thing happen to us we had a baby boy yeah and he's six months yesterday but he grew up in lockdown and what was fascinating to see is well, he was born and started growing up he in was lockdown. born <laughs> started growing down lockdown but what's fascinating to see is although we personally felt frustration we couldn't see our family we couldn't do this. Yeah. Uh, there was this happening in the business. That's a very good point. A young boy, um, our baby boy, basically didn't know any of that. Yeah. He just got frustrated when he couldn't crawl. Yeah. Because their a couple world of yards. is this big. It's like tiny. <laughs> it, and it was just happening in the moment. Yeah. So it's going to so be. You, f- you take your joy. I mean, it's interesting. You would have taken a lot of your joy out of that from yeah. that experience, which it would normally be anyway, which I guess was a filter for you. Did it help you filter some of the noise out there? It helped us filter some of the noise, but also it was a lesson. In, it was a lesson in, you know, if if a creature, if a little human can just have fun, be annoyed, cry, be sad, all of that in the space of a day and doesn't have to know what's going on in the outside world. Mm. It, it was fascinating to see that actually we do also have that ability. Yeah, well, uh, Puppies, kittens, anything at that age, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just in the moment. I think yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's not to say ignoring the world, but it's saying be present in the moment, in the moments of joy at least, mm. so that you can experience them, which obviously you did. But there were people that went into births with a lot of fear, had their babies and were still driven by fear. Yeah. And, you know, we, we saw this, we saw people, some people posting about it. We were reached out and messaged about it. And my worry with that is this is arguably one of the most amazing experiences of your life. So enjoy it. And enjoy it. Because that child will pick up on every single vibration from you. Yeah. And if that fear that's in you about what's going to happen next is brought into that moment, they'll, they'll start to embody that. It'll become part of their, their sort of unconscious programming. So I think it, for anyone listening, you know, if you're going into that, because we've got friends at the moment going to births, then enjoy it. I mean, you know, just live the moment and have, have that experience for what it is. Filter what's relevant to be filtered from the outside. Yeah. And I mean, you did, you handled it very well because you then separated from that moment. You went back into your business. You dealt with what was going on outside, but you didn't bring the two together. Yeah, well, I've, I've struggled with it in the past, but as we know, uh, what I've mentioned is, you know, when you work on yourself, when you develop yourself, yeah. it, it helps. And is it perfect every day? No, but I think taking the lesson that there's a little baby who lives in the moment, yeah. it allowed us to live yeah, in the right. moment with him. Yeah. Uh, because if we didn't, like you said, he would be the one who suffers as yeah. well as us. Uh, and those moments you forget because when you should have been there, maybe watching that little first movement of a hand or an eye or the first time they actually can see you, yeah. but you're looking at your bloody phone or whatever. Well, what's the, what's the latest happening on the news? That's or, right. Oh, okay. Oh, that's the latest announcement. How is that going to impact that moment? That's the key message here, I think. That's the key message. Um, but I think what did come out of this was a lot of emotional changes. So mental health issues and still ongoing. I mean, still ongoing. We, we, you know, we know this from the conversations we've had in our recent podcasts as well. And so I think people were searching for gratification 
which we always do when we're in a bit of a difficult place. You know, historically, couples breaking up, he or she ends up turning to alcohol or food or chocolate or whatever, mm. or going off on some sort of binge. This has been a, a, a year-long situation like that. Yeah. So uh, I think what I've certainly observed is that people are looking for something. So they've gone out. And interestingly enough, some people have gone off and spent more money on education, which is great. You know, they're learning to grow, buying more books, reading and audios. Others uh, spoke to a friend recently who is a plastic surgeon and they've had a massive spike in the number of people coming through and inquiring about plastic surgery. And I said to him, really? And he said, yeah. I mean, literally like four or five times in a month. Wow. So from uh, maybe 150 to sort of six, seven, 800 people inquiring. And I said, well, why do you think it is? And he said, well, I think what it is, is number one, they can't travel anywhere. So they're not spending money on that. Mm-hmm. They maybe had an idea to do this in the past, but now they've got more money because then, you know, their lifestyle has shrunk. So they're spending less money going out, meals, et cetera. They're not going on holidays. And we're talking about five, 10,000 pound type surgery yeah. and above a massive spike in that. So there's definitely this need for people to do something to feel better physically. Is it, is it boredom? Is it, what do you think? is playing out there uh, well, and it's going to be different for everybody. All of those, all of those things. And, and maybe they were thinking about doing it before they want to look good. Sorry, I was going to do it. Let's just do it now. Let's just do it whilst, whilst we're travel for another couple of weeks, <laughs> another couple of years. And that's going to cost us five, six, seven thousand pounds. So let's just spend it on ourselves. Uh, whereas others might go, I'm going to spend the same amount of money on a course to develop myself hmm. and to evolve as a human being. So it's personal growth or physical growth, I guess. I guess that's But also people have turned to property and trading and, and the business that you're in, which is online. I think there are three areas that definitely people have focused in on this year. We're seeing a massive spike in, in the people attending the property courses, you know, communication. Now people are reaching out and saying, how can I learn to do this better? Because let's face it, if you've got an online business or you're going online, you need to communicate better. You, you raised a good point, Ro, because one is people are saving more. It's the stats have come up, people are saving more. But also on the flip side of that, people have struggled financially. Yeah. Uh, it's been a c- catastrophic for some people financially. But ultimately what we know is people buy, people are, people do consume. Yeah. Now, when it comes to communication, you've got to decide how you want to position yourself because yeah, right now competition is going to be the highest oh it's ever been. Yeah. And a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of businesses selling their products. There's a lot of individuals selling their products, different education, different services, whatever it is. Yeah. To get your product sold, you are going to have to up your communication. Yeah. It's, it's essential. So, and, and, and in that general broad comment, it's like, how do you get them to look at your product before someone else's? How do you get your message so crisp and clean that... They go, that's who I want to buy from. I really connect with that person. Because even if somebody's got a clear message, they may not be authentic. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we've evolved through the CWI process is how to get somebody's message out there in an authentic way, but grabs people's attention. And and 100% this year, well, not just this year, but moving forward, but this year where people are going, right, I really want to take this online now. Mm -hmm. I've got it ready. I've written the material. What do I need to do? We helped somebody just do that recently, didn't we? That was amazing to see that message. They they took it live, which was great. And uh, they had a lot of take up. I think they did 30 or 40,000 pounds worth of business in the first uh, presentation they did. And the feedback from it has been fantastic. An additional point to what you just raised is ultimately people are going to take longer with their buying decisions. They're going to be more cautious. They're going to be more careful. They're going to be more studied. Yeah. In, in, you know, whereas in the past it'd be quite impulsive, you know, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah I'll buy yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Next I'll buy that. It's, it's all good. Yeah, whereas now people are going to be more cautious. So the way you show up, the way you communicate, the way you're, you develop your skills this year is going to reflect on how you can basically, how you say to that person, choose me rather than them. 
Otherwise, they are going to spend their money with the better communicator. They are going to spend their money with the. But that also company. comes with relationships as well. <laughs> Those of you that good point. Maybe you know you're dating, or the idea of dating somebody at the moment might be more difficult. So people are doing it online and meeting people. So how do you come across in a way and communicate which is authentic, and at the same time is real enough for somebody to say, "I can see." And, and say and being able to understand reading the other person's so this is the other thing with cameras now so you can use a camera and look at somebody and you can really get a sense of whether they're lying they're not there are ways to read a person there, yes. there are little tells mind reading whatever you want to call which we've been teaching people for a while now and it works very well because it gives you an instant feel for another person well there are virtual speed datings happening so they used to be physical yeah right. i was speaking to a few friends uh, last week and they are attending virtual speed datings fantastic so they will ultimately how quick that relationship will accelerate how quickly you can identify is this person the right fit for me all of yeah. those amazing things that happen when you're yeah. dating that can be sped up yeah. by what you've just spoken about exactly just the, the glance of an eye the eye movement yeah, the, yeah, all yeah, of those yeah, facial yeah, expressions yeah, 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 it tells yeah, so much yeah. but most people can't see them no and i think that's going to be the difference between they're in their head that's a good point. We, we talk about this with CWI. It's like you, them, and the environment. So it's, you focus on you. You're not actually thinking about what the other person's thinking as well. So I think it was. Yeah, there's a lot of ways people dealt with it last year, and overall, we're surviving. You know, we are we're a species that can survive, and it'd be worth us maybe tackle that a little bit later on. We can survive, but it's knowing what tools to thrive. It's not just about surviving now. It's actually about thriving. Okay, so that leads me to a good question. You, you spoke about. I, I think let's shift the conversation to that, which is now starting to look into the future and asking the question, okay, Dr. Rowe, how long will this last? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exact date, please, exact month, exact year. <laughs> what have you seen about how people are visualizing the future? Well, first of all, I've got no idea how long this is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know, man, I could make a lot of money if I could crystal ball that one. I think the key message here is, I think none of us are naive even to think there's going to be a cliff. I know the government keep talking in the, this country about April. <laughs> um, there's an obsession with vaccinations, et cetera, at the moment and, and thinking that's going to solve everything. The reality is that once a virus gets into a community, it can mutate and, and any virus does take multiple variations. So I think we're going to evolve over the next few years and living with this mm. as we are with other things that will come along. Uh, what I think it's hopefully done is given people a chance to stop, reflex, and press the re reset button, which is a really important one. But we're, we're bloody resilient, aren't we? I mean, as a, as a species, we're resilient. Life has got seasons to it. I've always talked about this. I mean, we, you and I have talked about and like the whole concept that Roger Hamilton shares, which is the idea of different wealth profiles, human mm. beings. And he talks about wealth dynamics, but actually in his teaching, he also talks about the seasons and each human being having a different nature. Some people are earth, other people are water, and it ties back to the, the oriental style of looking at the world and other people are fire, of course. Well, seasons happen in our lives. And you're going to go through seasons as you get, as your child gets older. I'm going to do as my children get older. We've got a global season going on at the moment and, you know, call it winter if you want, but it's tough. Mm. Um, and, but following that comes the spring and the summer. And so we know that works. All things pass. That's a phrase I've hung on to for years. And I think that's what people have to accept at the moment that everything is going to pass, but it's how we navigate that. It's how we steer through this passage. We're on a river and you know, there is going to be at some point a waterfall or maybe a fork in the river where we can go a different direction. And we can't ignore the fact that we're going down that river. But how you steer, how Harminder steers his boat on that river is going to be different to mine, to somebody else. And I think that's the key thing that people have to come across here is that each of you are going to have to tool up with whatever 
skills you feel necessary for your current situation. And if you said to me, well, how could they look at it? I think one is looking at it from a, a, an emotional perspective. What do you need to do to deal with your emotions? Number secondly, with relationships. Thirdly, your health. You know, the fourth one would be just as a family, you know, as a family member, as a parent, but also business as well, your finances. And think about how you're going to navigate each of those. Otherwise, I think overwhelm. We've done stuff on overwhelm before, haven't we? Yes. So break down the steering of this journey. You know, t- each path might be slightly different that you're going on in different areas of your life, but it's it's going to ha- it's going to keep going. We can't keep living in this delusion that you know, they're going to give us a date and everything's going to be ended. It's not going to work like that. I mean, think the airline. How long do you think the airline industry is going to take to pick up back to get into the anywhere close to what they were, were doing before? I, we just don't know. I mean, my gut feeling yeah. is, I mean, I saw an announcement, was it British Airways? They're like 2023, 2024, to, before to, they're back into the full, full global flow. And, and before they can start paying all their employees again because they cut wages. Um, some airlines, the lower cost airlines are saying they've had the highest bookings to date. Right. So, so you know, we're seeing a contrast. Yeah, People yeah, will yeah. travel maybe locally, but they won't travel far or no. the network. And also some up. countries will say vaccine, no vaccine, whatever. I mean, there'll decisions. be all these different things that affect that. The other thing we've got to remember is this has been now, how long has it been going? We're probably talking about 10 months, aren't we? Since it really hit. Since it really hit. It, it started it, 2019, March. December. Yeah, but in terms of- March it hits. March is when everybody hit, right? Yes. So the Second World War was, what was it, six years. Mm. And people went through absolute, I mean, I, my mom tells me stories and, and you know, grand, great, great, grand. And you, you hear about what when people went through. They adapted, they survived, but they also found ways to thrive. So we are literally months into something. If you compare it to a world war, which is really what we're at, we're world war again, then we've got the tools that we didn't have before. We've got the ability to connect. We've got, uh, you know, there is science there. And yes, medicine can help. So I think people have to start to focus in on themselves. And re- that's what we've got to build ourselves, just build ourselves up now. Our health, our vitality, our mental strength, and find new ways to cope. Hmm. And, and the challenge, of course, is parents are struggling with their kids, meaning that they're homeschooling, but trying to stay afloat financially, the relationships under pressure. And that is another area that I think people have to deal with this, this coming year. Can't walk away from it, can't ignore it, just have to face it head on. I think it's really important. Is there a message that you want to share to, because you're a parent, I'm a parent but of a, a young six-month-old baby, but uh, you've been in, involved in the school situations yeah is there a message to parents because they will they will they will take that message on board but they may feel like yeah but what about the kids i think i think kim said it best on our last podcast she said you know don't blame yourself don't beat yourself up you're human beings mm. i mean we know this it's no matter how hard you try as a parent there's sometimes there's just things that you've got no control <laughs> over my daughter eldest daughter was up last night and she was restless and excited and all these things and i think it was 11 o'clock before we finally got her to actually physically put her head down two yeah. or three hours later than she should have done but we just said yeah look she's been in a lockdown she's got this energy that's just bursting out at the moment mm. so is it natural to try and suppress that it shouldn't be on a normal life where she's been out and she can do things yes so we're i think for parents just be accepting that whatever your child if you are a parent right now you've got kids that, that are like it's whatever age their reaction to the world is based on the fact that they've been compressed into a small space and an atomic bomb works on the basis that if you you know if it that yeah. collides and compressed into a tiny space, it then expands out of that and it creates this huge bomb. Human beings are the same thing. We used to run events. Think about it, Hans. 
when you put 50, 100, 200 people into a room, 300, 400 people in a room, and you build up the pressure there, it's amazing what change can happen. But on a daily life, if people are constantly like that, there's a frustration built up. Yeah. So be more forgiving of your children. I think that's something we've learned. Accept that this is currently the situation. So rather than keep trying to go back to an old norm, just find a way to work on your new norm as well and talk to your kids. Find a way. I typed my daughter a letter, you know, my typewriter. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And uh, I sent it in the post. This is my 12-year-old. And I just told her the things that are amazing about her as a as a child, as as I see her as a dad. And I just typed to this letter. It was a two-page letter. And I sent it in the post and then she got it yesterday. And she said she read it and she was in tears when she started reading it. It's doing little things maybe that magic moments, creating magic moments mm. for your kids. And, and from a couple's perspective, just find the time to talk because there's so much going on. We're actually almost busier than before. Yeah. Because we're managing the kids, doing the dinner, looking after the business. And, you know, then it's like, oh, I just need to watch this and switch off. That's a conversation yes. I'm sure is happening a lot of families, which is fine. But maybe find at least once or twice a week just to sit and be present with each other and allow this, you know, the space where there may be a silence and you just say, so how are you at the moment? Or what can we do better? What do you want to do this year? What aspirations do you have? Because I think particularly if there's men listening, I think there's a lot of ladies that the pressure may be put on them in family households. Not all, but certainly depending on the dynamics of the working relationships where the mother is almost doing all the homeschooling. And I think for the guys, you might be getting your release if you're out or the other way around. If it's a woman working and the husband's at home, mm. whoever the person is going out and working, that is without a doubt a release of pressure. It is. So it's um, it's a sense of fulfillment. It's a sense of worth. Also, you're connecting with other people. If the other person's at home, they're going to freaking explode. So have a conversation about, and I spoke to somebody about this yesterday regarding his wife was, you know, maybe checking with your wife what Maybe she's lacking a sense of purpose right now. You know, you're out doing this on the business, but she needs something as well. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a good point. I need to reflect back on that as well. Yeah. Because coming home and saying, I've had a hard day. It's been a long day. Yeah. Right. It's not going to cut it because she's had a hard oh, day or he's had a hard day in a different way. Exactly. Without having those hierarchies. Without any met. space. It's not mm. like if you go to work, you can have a moment where you switch off. But when you've got the kids, you're cooking for dinner, whether it's husband or wife doing this, you're managing them, homeschooling. There's no spot. There's absolutely no not a single moment of rest. So I think that, yeah, there'd be two or three things for everybody to consider. That's amazing. Something you said, which was, I think, something everybody can underline is, you know, this should pass. This will pass. Mm-hmm. All things will pass. The season will change. And I've had a few messages, personal messages for those who've listened to the podcast about um, the meditation practice yeah. I did for 10 days silent meditation retreat called Vipassana so I'll just re-highlight that for yeah, people yeah, who yeah. because the biggest lesson from that I took Ro was as part you as part of that process they will get you to observe um, sensations on your body this is how they describe yeah, it yeah. and those sensations will be anything from an itch to a, a hot spot to a feeling of pleasure tingling sensation yeah. what they're saying is regardless of whether the sensation is a good feeling or a bad feeling, uh, just observe it, feel both yeah. because both exist at that moment in time. So tuning everything out. Tuning everything out. Uh, externally. Externally is bringing the focus. You're focusing on those sensations, those feelings Which, that you have. Yeah. Those are positive or negative feeling that you have and they describe it as a sensation. Now, the lesson or the practices, you know, you, ob- you feel them and you observe them, but what you notice is the sensation passes. And I think, when you mm. practice and you just take that lesson mm. and because it's experienced practically 
we can then apply that lesson. Yeah. No, it was no longer a theory. We know things pass yeah. and we can theorize that. But when you feel it and you actually are conscious, what you're talking about is being in the moment to know that you said when summer comes, don't forget about the winter. Yeah, That's right. what we're saying here. Yeah. We're saying don't forget about the winter. Don't stop those positive habits you've created yeah. during this hard time, which are positive habits that you're, yeah. the self-education, the, the, the connecting, connecting with the children just because it's summer now and things are great, yeah. don't suddenly forget. And that's the whole, that's the yeah, whole. Make those decisions meaningful. Yes. And make them decisions that were made based on not desperation, but actually a, a decision that is going to be a change of life. Yeah. Other, otherwise it just becomes, oh yeah, I did that because of this. Mm. And then you just revert back to an old, old way of thinking. Exactly. That's very, make it conscious, make those decisions conscious and purposeful. I think that's an important message. Purposeful. So I think we've, I think we've reviewed the year from our perspective in an amazing way. Uh, and I know we've spoken about some of these conversations on a personal level. We've taken some of these conversations, like I said, to start in a business context. So we've had our review, but just on that note though, just yeah. very quickly, just because you talked about parents just in, in their summing up, I think kids have mm. been challenged for those of you that are parents and thinking, you know, you, you necessarily talk much about the kids here. I think let's talk into that space quickly harms. I think children need a sense of connection. Yeah. I saw when we came out of the first lockdown, you know, my kids loved the fact they could go and see their friends again. Yeah. And as parents, we can't forget that. The learning process is going to be difficult for everybody. I, I personally think that homeschooling for our daughters has magnified their learning ability and um, they've really taken to it. Not everybody does, and I understand that, but, but take the best out of this year as well. Think about what the kids really need now, I think is reminding of the connection that you have with them giving them an opportunity. I mean, we're asking our daughter now, what do you want to learn? What are you excited about? And then repositioning the learning to make it something they're passionate about because mm. they'll be much more inclined to do that. And also allowing your kids to have a voice. This is where, you know, this 25% of young girls are struggling at the moment with self-harm is they maybe don't know how to express themselves. Yeah. So the more they feel removed from you because your head's in this lockdown and all the pressure that's been going on over the last year, the more you're thinking, well, I've got to survive. I can't talk to you because I need to deal with this. Daddy can't, well, mommy can't talk to you because I'm doing this. They're going to they're gonna hear that enough times and then they'll just go, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk to mum or dad. So where do they then vent? The scary thing is they go off through social media. So yeah, we need to get them to open up by making ourselves available. And if they can't feel that, then what will happen is our children will then revert to old habits, which we know can, which can involve them changing their diet, not eating well, tantrums, anger, frustration, even running away. It's a way of getting attention. So I think this is definitely a year for people to grab it and nip it in the bud now because these things don't happen overnight. Mm. So you know, I've got a friend whose daughter's really not in a very good place right now, but this has been going on for a long time, yes. probably two or three years and it's built up. You know, you can't beat yourself as a, as a parent, but if you're listening to this, now's a chance to grab it and swing it because the kids are still, you know, we're still in the first year of this. What if this goes on for another six or seven months? Better we just nail it now. So start talking, communication again, talk to the kids, talk, you know? to, the, talk to the kids, <laughs> give them a, give them an environment where they feel safe and they won't be judged or told off. Just let them express Yeah, and, and then listen to what they're saying and don't just react to it, but go, okay, what does this really mean? If they're upset with you about something, don't kick back and go, I don't do that. Or we don't say that to you actually listen because that's their interpretation of the world. That, you know, no, nothing has meaning apart from the meaning we give it. A five-year-old sees the world differently to an adult. So whereas we might go, it's not like that at all. That's how they see it because kids tell it as the, as it is. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an important message for our listeners to take out of this podcast. 
if you've listened to the review podcast, almost the semi-goal-setting podcast we did in December, at that point, it was a process which you went through to plan ahead, review last year, plan ahead for this year. You may want to revisit that genuinely after listening to this this episode. We're we're only 21 days into the year. We're, We're just starting the year. And I know the idea is to always get that ahead. Was about three, three back, wasn't it? Three about three back? slash four episodes back. We, you'll, you'll see it. It was a, a process of, just as you described it, it's almost a reset act. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how, that's the acronym yeah. we used uh, and talked into space, which was view the year, take a moment to reset and then act. And then the act was yeah. go looking ahead and, and actually putting what you said into action. There's a lot of good practical tips there. For Very good practical just, tips. If you're wanting something to hang on to, that, that would be a good one to build off. Definitely. So what I'd say, you may want to revisit that process yeah. now you've listened to this podcast. I yeah. think that's okay to do. It's all about refining. It's all about ch- changing yeah. the way you approach things. And you may want to pivot based on what's happened in the last month. You know, the lockdown three news came, you know, again, it may have happened after your goal yeah. setting period. So you may want to pivot within your goal setting and that's totally sure. fine. So take on board the discussions, but I think the biggest thing I would say, Ro, is almost have a re-reflection on last year because yeah. it feels like we're still there, Yeah, but do have a look at it from a, from a not a heady space like you described, yeah. but from, from a heart space, yeah. have a look at. What are some of the great things that you can take, the good memories from last year? Because, Maybe formulate some photographs and create a little bit of a photo mm, album of some of the lovely experiences. Because one thing last year did do is it completely changed everybody's habit. Yeah, Our normal daily, daily activity, which kept us busy, kept us in a, a flow, was taken away, which magnified another world. So can we look at what great things from last year can yeah. we add to this year yeah. which we never did before in 2019 18 17 we just ne- didn't we just know, rush through each just year. rush through these you know you yeah. mentioned about writing letters yeah uh, that started off the back of last year i mean looking ahead into this year I th- the key thing i think for everybody is just to have a greater sense of purpose meaning give this year 2021 a different meaning G- give it a chance to um, evolve for you. So what, what do you want to do on a personal level, on a professional level? Do you have any aspirations that you've parked for so many years? Maybe a new project could be writing a book, doing a podcast like this, mm-hmm. anything really. I think get a coach, get somebody to guide you through the year, have somebody that you're accountable to. And if you're not going to pay somebody, find a friend that you trust enough that won't judge you, but you can be accountable to. Yeah. I mean, the benefit of paying is that when you take on a coach, you know, you know that they are focused on you and you're engaging them as opposed to a friend that may or not make the call, may not be having the right skills. So my experience has been when you pay people, you tend to get a better result over that experience. Yeah. Unless you've got a professional, a friend who's a professional coach already. But definitely have a greater sense of purpose this year. Start picking a mini, it doesn't have to be a massive project, just something that allows you to focus in. So when things are going pretty rough, you've still got that as your shining beacon, if you like, the thing that you want to work towards throughout the year. I think that's a a beautiful message to leave listeners with. It's it's almost summarizing that is go do something. Yeah. You know, take action, uh, break your own habit. Yeah, and it's not about being busy for the sake of being busy. For Make sure. it purposeful action. That's the key message. Drop things this year that really you just think, do I really need to freaking do this? Just drop it. It's not going to serve me. What if everything you did this year was purposeful, meaningful, good for the greater good for the greater of the, of the world, i.e. a charity or for your health? But it's like, I don't want to do anything that is wasteful, meaningful. If this is my last year on this earth, 
What would I pack it with? Mm. And then start to introduce that into your actions. And I think that will give people a fresher feel. It'd be like walking out on a summer's day each day, even when it's pissing it down with rain and just going, right, today has purpose. I'm going to do this for a reason. It's not to say you're not going to have some tough days, but at least you've got more purpose to each day. It has a different feeling to it. Absolutely. So I think let's leave the listeners with that. I want to say a massive thanks to the listeners because reflecting back when it talk, <laughs> when we talk about the podcast, uh, I looked at the, the numbers yesterday oh, yeah, and yeah. we have had over 12.7 thousand downloads oh, in 2020, fantastic, fantastic. which is, which is growth for that's the podcast, amazing. more listeners than the year before. So that's an incredible feeling for us on the show and, and a that. team brilliant, in the background. Man. So yeah, Rod didn't know that stats. Yeah, yeah, just that's amazing. Know now. So, so massive spread thanks the word, to the listeners. Everybody, spread the word. I think spread it, the podcast. Spread the podcast. <laughs> let people know. And for those who listen, who've been listening regularly, consistently, and for those who just check in, a massive thank you. We hope you've enjoyed our yeah. version, our perception, our, our review of the year. Yeah, much, much gratitude for all of you for listening. And some of the words and the phrases and the, and the feedback we get is, is great. You know, yeah. We, either whether it's text messages or emails, it's just nice to know that what we're doing is helping. Absolutely. So uh, we are now looking ahead at 2021 we are now living in 2021 so some great people we're lining up for this year for our interviews as well which is great yeah we've got some, we've got some fantastic people scheduled so we're excited to be here on the cicardo show continuing to spread the word on personal development and ultimately what cicardo mean is creating turning points mm. in your life so that's going to be exciting so apart from that it's myself and dr Rowe signing out we shall see you on the next episode Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would like to both personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Cicado Show. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal, on a professional level to help your life and maybe other people's lives, then please complete an important action for us which takes less than just two minutes. Please become a supporter of the podcast by going to cicado.com and as a thank you, you'll get access to exclusive supporter perks. And don't forget to simply subscribe to the show, share this product with loved ones, and we would love if you would take a moment to give us a review and let us know just how amazing this episode was. Thanks again for listening. This is Dr. Owen Harms signing out. We'll see you on the next episode.